This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Russ. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Donna Rigney. And Donna, you have quite the encounters with God. This is going to be awesome. We're, you've encountered heaven, you've encountered hell, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But uh, it's powerful what God has done uh, through you and in you all these years. Now, I understand that you've been married for over 51 years and you've raised 23 children. Can you explain that? Yes, um, I can. <laughs> it was, that was quite an adventure for us. Uh, I've always had, since I was a child, a great, great love for children. I just, God gave me this gift to just love children. So as a young child, I would babysit for all the neighborhood kids and whatnot. And then um, once my husband and I got married, I, I just always felt like I wanted to have 12 children. And <laughs> so much to my husband's surprise. I bet. <laughs> but what happened was we had our three children, and that desire just, you know, was overwhelming for me. And so we began taking in foster children. Uh, my desire wasn't to adopt children. It was just to foster them and help them and uh, to really uh, provide a good home, a good godly home for children. Uh, but God has other plans, you know. And so as uh, time went on, we did we took in children, and as they stayed with us, uh, the Department of Children and Families would uh, terminate their rights for different reasons, and we adopted them. So we ended up adopting four children and then took in other foster children. We also took in some mothers who had babies. We took in a couple of moms with their babies and helped them to raise their babies. Uh, because they couldn't live alone. And I love that, Donna, and I just wanted people to hear your heart. And I'll, I'll just mention briefly that you did a lot of missionary work in Croatia, 2001 to 2004. You visited Croatia literally every three months, bringing food and clothes and the gospel uh, to all those desperate people there. And, and I just want people to know that about you. But one more thing I want them to know about you before we get into all these wonderful things that you have to say is, is that for a, quite a while now, you've uh, been uh, intricately involved with ministering to teenage boys at a detention center. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, for about uh, 13 years, uh, we started going to a youth detention facility in Florida. And the boys there, there's about 120 boys there most of the time, and they come from all over Florida. So we started going there with that love that I have for children. It just, I needed an outlet. <laughs> So uh, we went there. Uh, we were going every week, ministering to the boys, getting them saved. They totally gave me freedom to uh, minister as however the Lord led me. And so uh, I often would go there and lead the boys through deliverance, uh, would pray with them for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of course, get them saved first. And uh, the, before the boys left there, they were there from three months to two years, um, they would get saved on fire for God, then go back to their communities. And then, of course, they'd be replaced by other boys. So over the years, oh, thousands of boys have been 
in and out of there, and we've ministered to all of them. I think that is fantastic. Thank you for doing that. I wanted the people at home to hear that because that's some of the things that we don't normally hear from our guests is that uh, organic, hands-on, doing the work of the Lord. And like Jesus said, you came to the uh, prison and you visited me. And and thank you for doing that. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, You had an encounter with Jesus at the age of seven. What happened? When I was in church, I was raised uh, in the Catholic Church, and um, we, I was at Mass one Sunday morning, and I was kneeling down. It was a part of the Mass where you kneel down. So I was kneeling down, reading my little missal, and all of a sudden, out of just nowhere, Jesus appeared to me. And he, and he took me into the Spirit and, and took me into a heavenly realm I assume was heaven, and just talked to me. He walked with me and talked to me and talked to me about all the things that I was troubled about as a child, things in my home, things at school, with my friends, and he just showed genuine concern and compassion for me, and I fell in love with him. I just, I I loved God, but I always thought God was far away looking at me and, and that I really couldn't get to know him. And if this encounter showed me that God wanted to be my friend, that Jesus wanted to be my friend. So um, as I continued on this journey with him in the spirit, then it was the time of the mass where you're supposed to sit down. So the nun tapped me on my shoulder because everyone else was sitting down, but I was lost in the spirit with Jesus. I had no clue. And so when she did that, it brought me out of the spirit and Jesus was gone. And I'm, as a little child, I just wanted to cry and cry because I wanted him back. So from that time on, I, I just began a, a quest of searching after Jesus. I wanted to find him again in my life. So you had this real longing in your heart to be filled with Jesus again. And, and then at 18 years old, you, you graduated from high school and you, you kind of left your family. And you, it looks like you wanted to be a nun. Yes, that's right. Uh, being raised in the Catholic Church, I went to a Catholic high school uh, every day. I would go to Mass before school because I was searching for Jesus. I just wanted Jesus. So when I graduated high school, I went in the convent, and uh, I left all my friends. I was dating um, my husband, who's my husband now, back then, and told him I just had to go in the convent, and I just was seeking for God. And uh, so I went there for two and a half years. But after two and a half years, I didn't find Jesus, the Jesus that I found when I was seven, uh, it was just a religious atmosphere, and it just wasn't, was, wasn't what I was looking for. And so I left and came out. And you found yourself uh, wandering into a charismatic prayer meeting. Yes. The, the Catholic Church we were attending, we got, my husband and I got married, Jack. I started dating him again. We got married. And so we went to a Catholic Church, and they started having charismatic prayer meetings in the basement of the church. And uh, just prior to that, I had been reading a book that a neighbor had given me uh, that was Pat Boone's story. And when I read Pat Boone's story, I saw that Pat Boone had an encounter with Jesus like I did when I was seven. And I knew he found what I've been looking for all that time. And so he, and at the end of the book, he, he led, us, led the people that were reading it to the prayer of salvation. So I officially got saved reading Pat Boone's life story. And then from there got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and started attending this charismatic prayer meeting. That's wonderful. And now, okay, let, let's jump ahead. 
there was a period of time when you're, you're born again, of course, spirit-filled, and you were just trying to simplify your life and spend a lot of time with the Lord. And, and all of a sudden, when you did that, visitations and revelations really started to dramatically increase in, in your life. And you had these Holy Spirit encounters where he would bring you into the spirit and you'd have these interactive visions and encounters in heaven and in hell and intimacy with God. And, and then you learned so much about these encounters. And, and you knew, though, Donna, that these encounters were not just meant uh, for you alone. What was taking place in your heart and, and what, was in, what was going on to where you would, uh, before we get into what you actually encountered, what was happening with you that drew you into such an encounter with the Lord? Soon after uh, these encounters first began, uh, the Lord spoke to me and um, asked me to go on a fast. Uh, and, I was, and I was reading the book of Daniel, and I knew it was a Daniel fast I was to go on for world leaders and church leaders. And so I did. I, I began to fast, and uh, I did it for over 40 days. I just kept, continued fasting until God told me not to. And at the end of it, the Pope was shot. And uh, Ronald Reagan was shot. And I saw that both of them uh, survived it. And that just, I'm going to tell you, that increased my faith in, in the presence of God that I was hearing from the Holy Spirit. And then he, uh, the Lord spoke to me and told me when I finished the fast that he was going to give me the gift to interpret visions and dreams. And that's what, and then from there on in, oh my goodness, <laughs> I began to see more and more and more in the Spirit I knew uh, the Holy Spirit so intimately, so closely. It just was wonder. It was a. It was what I was searching for from when I was seven was suddenly upon me. It was wonderful. Now, Donna, you've had some very, very deep and incredible encounters with the Lord that we're about to talk about here, and uh, it's exciting uh, what the Lord has shown you, both exciting and brings in the fear of the Lord. And just right before we start to get into what the Lord showed you uh, in hell, um, if you would, please, because this really touched me, um, uh, we all know that sin is bad, you know, to sin is to turn our face away from Jesus. And uh, what did the Lord show you about living free from sin and how important that is in our walk with God and to experience His glory? What He showed me was that sin is the bait of Satan. You know, that sin is what the enemy uses to dangle in our face to draw us away from God. That's his trick, how he draws us away from God. And he uses things that uh, will delight us, that we'll like, that we enjoy. You know, sometimes we'll be gossiping with somebody, and it kind of makes us feel good about ourselves, that I'm not so bad as that person I'm talking about. And so that's like a scheme of the enemy to use something that's a little enticing, to watch things that might, on television or the movies or whatever, that might give us some sexual pleasure. Uh, these, what the, the bait that Satan uses is something that attracts our flesh. And that God was showing me, we need to avoid that. We need to avoid it because it's a pitfall for us, and it will draw us away from him. And the wonderful blessings that he has for us will be kept from us. And he, and he also showed me that it isn't just sin that the enemy uses to draw us away from God, but it's also our words, that when we speak negative words about ourselves or others, we are giving the enemy the power to come into our life and implement the very thing we're saying. 
So if we say, oh, I'll never make it, uh, my, uh, my life will never be what I want it to be, we're giving the enemy the permission to cause us to be a failure and to never accomplish what God has for us. Or, oh, everyone in my family had cancer. We're giving the enemy permission and we say, oh, I'm going to get cancer. Now we've given them the, the key to our life to come on in and bring cancer there by our words. So what God was showing me was to make sure that we speak the things that God wants to do in our lives, that we speak only what he wants to bring. And what does he want to do? He wants to bless us. He wants to give us a full, happy life. And if we speak uh, negative things, then God isn't able to bring those things into our lives because uh, we're fueling our, our fear instead of fueling faith because God always comes and rewards faith. So, friends, those of you who are listening to this, I wanted you to hear that up front because we're about to talk about hell and we're about to talk about heaven. And you know what? I want you to be clean. I want you to uh, just right now, wherever you're at, if you have been living in sin or if you're backslidden or away from God or doing things that you know wouldn't please the Lord, I want you to just ask right now as we get into this, because I want your heart to be so open. I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to cleanse you of any impurity, any unrighteousness anything in you that is not clean uh, be- between you and the Lord so you can receive all that he has for you in this program because it's going to be life-changing. So do that now. And by the blood of Jesus, we declare that you are free, you are forgiven as you repent before the Lord even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Donna, let's talk about uh, your encounters here. You uh, we're going to talk about hell and then we're going to talk about heaven and things that God's doing in your life. Um, but tell me what happened when the Lord led you into the chamber of despair in one of the encounters that you had. Okay. Um, when the Lord brought me to hell, there's many, many different places in hell. Uh, just like there's many places on the earth, there's many places in hell. And um, I always pictured that hell was a fiery pit. Well, there is a fiery pit, but there's also other places, too. And one of these places that he brought me to uh, was this chamber of despair. And as I walked through hell with Jesus, he was right beside me, protecting me. Uh, I I could hear this loud clanging noise, just kept clanging over and over and over. It sounded like somebody had a sledgehammer and they were hammering chains, banging chains. And I was trying to figure out, what is this noise that I'm hearing. And as I walked along with Jesus, uh, a big, large bat came flying in front of me. And then a spider, a spiders came. And these were demons that looked like these big, big insects, but big, very large. And so I drew very close to Jesus and, I, and he held me close to him. And, and he showed me that I was fixating too much on the noise and what was go- going on there in hell, that I needed to fix my focus on Jesus and not so much on what I was seeing there, and that he would keep me safe as I kept my eyes on him. And he said, this is a lesson I want you to learn through life, that as you go through trials and difficulties, we all do. We all have tough things that happen in our lives. If we can remember to fix our focus on Jesus, to think about Jesus, uh, to talk to Jesus, to listen to Jesus in the midst of those trials, that he will then be able to protect us and he'll be able to shelter us and help us through those things. But if we go off and just get consumed with those things, we're keeping Jesus 
from protecting us and helping us like he wants to. And I love that, Donna, that Jesus said to you, he smiled. I remember reading in your book, Jesus smiled and said to you, this is the secret of victory over evil. Keep your eyes and attention fixed on me, and I will see you safely through every trial you encounter. And, and, I, and I love that. So as you begin to look at this uh, nasty, dark pit, um, you begin to uh, see things, and then you begin to hear things. What, what did you see and hear? I saw um, people in this pit, and the, and the people uh, were torturing one another, tormenting one another. There was absolutely no love, no compassion, no concern one for another. Uh, I saw them. It, the pit was like a, the shape of a volcano. And so I thought, well, if they just climbed on one another's shoulders, they could, somebody could get to the top and get out. But nobody cared about each other there. They just were, were just all absorbed in themselves. And they were in agony. They were in pain. They were, they were screaming. They were crying. But then at the same time, uh, that noise, that clanging noise that I heard, I, I, I saw what it was. It was this big clock that was suspended over this uh, pit. And, and the clock kept chant, uh, chanting. The demons would chant. Every time the clock bong, then they would chant. And they would say, alone, alone. Forever you will be alone, unloved, unloved. Forever you will be unloved, separated, separated from all who care for you. Forever, forever, you are forever separated and alone. Never will you see beauty. Never will you hear loving, kind words. Never, never. Forever sorrowful, forever lost, forever lonely. Those are the things I heard. And then the demons would even remind them of people who... Uh, had tried to help them in their life, tried to lead them to the Lord, or tried to help them, and that they had just ignored. So the people in hell, Donna, uh, that you saw, not only are they, they obviously tormented physically, but their mind is tormented, their emotions are tormented. Terribly, and that's what Jesus said, that this was one of the worst places in hell, was where these people's minds were being tormented with loneliness and despair. It was a place of utter, total despair, that they had no hope ever, ever to experience anything than what they were experiencing right there. There was no escape. Now, Donna, you had another encounter in hell. There's so many different encounters, things that you saw in your book, Divine Encounters, uh, so many things you saw, so many things of heaven and hell. Uh, we can only touch on a few here. But this was one of the most intriguing to me because it brought it to earth. And you saw these instruments of torture. And if you could just go into that, what you saw in hell, and then how the vision changed and the encounter changed, and then you saw what was taking place on earth. Yes, I will. The Lord brought me another day into this other area of hell, and he brought me into this chamber, and I saw hanging on the wall like large metal tongs, braces, hammers, saws, ice picks, uh, long steel rods, all different kinds of appliances. And, and there were thousands and thousands of them lining this, this enormous room. And then periodically I would see demons come running in. They were drooling and snarling with anticipation. And they ran into the hall, grabbed some of the chains, or picked up a tool and ran out. And the Lord told me, he said, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what he said. He said, these instruments of torture are used here in hell and on the earth. 
And he said to me, remember, what you see here is real, but invisible to the natural eye. One can only perceive them with their spiritual eyes. So he was showing me that what I was seeing was real, even though nobody else could see it. And then instantly, like the snap of a finger, he brought me to a city street. And it looked like New York City, but I'm not sure if that's where it was. And I saw people with chains on them. I saw people with vices on their heads and the tears running down their face because they had such terrible, terrible headaches. Uh, People with rods, steel rods, the demons were pressing down into their spine. They were suffering with terrible, terrible backaches. And I could see a pain that looked like a, a lightning going through their arms, down their legs, I could actually see the pain that the people were suffering. And the demons were rejoicing. They were laughing. It it was delighting them. The more they were inflicting pain on people, the happier they were. A lot of people had chains on them. Then I saw children walking down the sidewalk with their parents. The children were were free and dancing around beside the parents. Uh, But then sometimes I would see the chain from the parent reach down on the children's shoulder and I even saw a few children with a chain and a ball a small ball dragging behind them and the Lord showed me what what that was was as the parents spoke negative words over their children uh, they were putting uh, these strongholds onto their children Mm. with them not realizing it that their words uh, the, uh, the negative words that were spoken over them were being used against the children by the demons that's one of the most incredible visuals I've ever heard on this show is when you saw those precious people walking down uh, New York City. And if I remember right, it was uh, homeless people as well as uh, business people, business looking people, nicely dressed. And and to see in the spirit all these chains and rods and torture instruments on them, and they had the, no idea uh, that the demons were inflicting such uh, torture and pain on them on this earth. I mean, it's very eye-opening, and, and the Lord really spoke to you about that, and, and that's happening all around the world. Yes, and the thing that amazed me, too, is that as I saw the homeless people, and they were begging, and they were trying to get some people pushing carts and whatnot, as I saw them, they had chains on them. Mm. And and they were suffering terribly. But then when I saw affluent business people walking down the street, they had the same chains on them mm. the homeless people had on them. Donna, that's going to speak to so many people yeah. uh, that it doesn't matter if you are a homeless person or a multi-million dollar CEO, uh, you can have the same chains on you as a homeless person. And and those who are listening, you have to understand that when we choose to live in sin and and choose to uh, uh, speak uh, negative words and we're, we're binding ourselves up, and it's not just Christians, it's not just the religious, but the unsaved. That's why the Bible talks about Isaiah 61, that he came to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. And that's part of our responsibility as Christians. And that's what really impacted Donna is is in, in what she saw. And we need to go tell the world that Jesus can set them free. And, uh, and in these encounters, and one of them in particular, uh, you really felt the pain of the Lord and you, and you looked at him and you saw tears streaming down his face. What was he so sorrowful about? Uh, this this was probably the most impacting thing that happened to me during all the visitations 
that I had uh, with Jesus uh, in heaven and in hell, this moment that I had with him as I watched Jesus look at these people in this pit. We were looking down into this pit, and the people were, the, the only light that was in hell was what emanated from Jesus. So the people in the pit uh, saw this light, and they looked up, and they realized that Jesus was there, and they started screaming out to him to help them. As, and But in some of their screams, you know, they would be like, I never believed in him, and, I, you know, they would say nasty things about him, but they were still screaming for his help. And Jesus' heart was broken, so broken. He, I, I, standing next to him, could feel the pain in his heart. And my heart was broken along with his. And I, I, I started crying, and he, he reached out to comfort me. And I told him, I said, Lord, I am weeping and crying because of your pain. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you so you're not in so much pain? And he said, many people think that my father and that I, that we send people to hell. We don't send anybody to hell. They are not ours. They don't belong to us. They belong to Satan. They're his. He drags them to hell. These, these are our children that we want to come to heaven. These are God's children. He loves his children. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He didn't make hell for these people. He, he, hell was created for the demons. It's, it's people that refuse to live for God, refuse to believe in him, refuse to follow him, refuse to serve him. These are the ones that belong to Satan, and Satan brings there. And his heart is broken, broken. He said his pain, of, he never stopped seeing these people, and he constantly has that pain in his heart that these people are in hell suffering like this. Mm. It took days, Ryan, maybe even weeks, for me to overcome what I felt when I saw there in Jesus, the pain of Jesus. It overcame me so much that for weeks he never brought me back to hell for quite a while so that I could just recover from the feeling of just overwhelming sadness that I felt coming from Jesus. It's no wonder you have such a heart for people and a heart for the lost after seeing what you saw and seeing the uh, suffering of the Lord, you know, right there with you. And before we go any farther, let's talk about your book, Divine Encounters. What are people going to receive after reading this book? Uh, People are going to fall in love with Jesus. That's really what's going to happen. As people uh, read it and hear him speak and hear his heart and get to really know him. Uh, everything he said to me, I wrote it. He told me, write everything I'm telling you, everything I'm saying. And as, you, as people read that, they're going to hear Jesus speak to their heart, and they're going to fall in love with him. And also, people are going to get a love for the lost and a heart for the lost. That's what happened to me. That's what motivated me to go to Croatia. That motivated me to go to the minister to the youth in the detention facility. And all the things we do... Just seeing what I saw motivates me to try to help people so they don't suffer like that. And Donna, that's what I loved about your book. When I read it, it motivated me. It helps bring the fear of the Lord back to your heart. And and it really uh, motivates you to get out there and tell people, listen, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. You don't have to die and go to hell. And it, it's, it's powerful. And the heaven encounters are so beautiful about about what God showed you, about what's to come. It's, it's really wonderful. And Donna, you did an exclusive three CD set for us, Three Keys to Receiving 
heaven's best now and you pray prayers at the end and you talk about the keys to living in the glory and the presence of God, intimacy with the Father and holy living and prayer and intercession. It's a wonderful CD set and thank you for doing that for us. Many people are going to get touched just from the CD set, let alone the book. So Donna, let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about your encounters in heaven and tell me the vision you had about the Hall of Miracles. Now, this is my favorite place in heaven. The Lord took me many, many, many times to heaven. And of all the places I went to, this was the place that delighted me the most. It's this big, big hall. And on, on either side of the hall are doors. The halls, the floor of the hall is gold. And it's so shiny, it's like a mirror. And the ceiling of this long, it's like as far as you can see, that's how far this hall goes, is all uh, prisms of diamonds. It looks like a huge chandelier that's just, the whole ceiling is like that. And then on all the sides are these doors. And so one day the Lord brought me into this place, and I I said, can I go see what's in these rooms? And he said, yes, go ahead. So in I went to the rooms, and in each room was something different. One room was all body parts, was like arms, legs, eyes, uh, uh, tongues, whatever body parts, livers, things that people needed on earth to be whole were in this. They're stored in this room. Then I ran to the next room, and I saw all hearts, just a room enormous full of hearts. And these I knew were God was going to give people a heart to love him, new hearts, hearts that were going to be on fire for him, but also people that had hearts that were wounded or broken or diseased, new hearts, physical hearts and spiritual hearts. Then the next room I went into, had there were all doves in this room, and he knew that represented there was going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that God was going to send the Holy Spirit down to the earth to many, many people. So I went from room to room to room. At the end of it, I, I, I said to Jesus, I just wonder, which one of these rooms is your favorite room? My favorite room that I went in was the hospital room. There was a room with all empty hospital beds. And I knew that what it was was healing was going to come to the earth to such a degree that people in the hospitals were going to be healed and the rooms were going to be emptied. And so I thought, well, maybe that's his favorite room. But the Lord said to me, I'll show you my favorite room. And he brought me into this room. And it was a room where the homeless and the lonely, the forgotten ones, had, had resided. And that during this great revival that's going to be poured out, I was seeing a room that all these miracles are going to come to the earth, that these lonely ones, the homeless ones, the ones in nursing homes that people forget about, people put their loved ones in nursing homes and forget them, the forgotten ones. That's the room that, that touched Jesus' heart the most, that he loved the most when he comes, and that victory is going to come to the lonely one. That is powerful, Donna. Now, I, I want you to tell us about the room of golden fishing nets. I love this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was on another visit. He took me, the Lord took me a couple of times uh, to the Hall of Miracles because he knew how much I loved it. He would bring me back there. And one of these days, I went into this room that I had not seen previously. And in this room were all golden fishing nets hanging from the sides of the walls, from the ceilings. And he said, I am going to send these nets to those that I have chosen that will go out and they will gather in the end time harvest. They're going to gather in. Mm. 
certain people that God has anointed and called and appointed. You know, God watches us, he tests us, and he sees those that will be faithful. And those that are faithful, he's going to send these nets to, and easily we're going to be able to bring in to God's kingdom souls. In the past, maybe we were successful in business and we did other things, but now our heart is going to be for the lost, these people, and they're going to be bringing in the lost. Mm, that's my that's my favorite room so far. Now tell me, and I love this next one. What about the room filled with the wind of the spirit? I've never heard this before. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. I walked into this room, and it was just wind blowing in this room. Uh, but it wasn't wind that made you feel uncomfortable. It was warm. It was love. It was, but it was powerful. And it was the wind of the spirit that, that God was showing me. This is what I'm going to be releasing to the earth. The wind of the spirit. But what he showed me is all these rooms in the Hall of Miracles, these things are for the earth. These are, it's the storehouses for what God wants to send to the earth. I love that. And there's so many different halls and rooms and everything else in, in your book. And it's so wonderful and refreshing uh, to read about what God has prepared for those who love him. And uh, before we go, Donna, I want to just ask you uh, of the testimony of the woman that was healed of cancer. Uh, I believe it was over the phone. Yes. When I was doing the missionary work in Austria and Croatia, uh, during part of that time, uh, a woman heard of my ministry and uh, she had stage four cancer. She was young and she had a four-year-old child. She was alone and she was desperate. She did not want to die because what would become of her son? And so she went to a priest, and the priest, uh, she asked the priest if he would pray for her. But uh, he was going to charge her a 1,000 euros. He said, I will pray for you. Mm. You pay me a 1,000 euros. And that's similar to like $1,000 in our money back then. And so she did not have any money. So she called me and asked, will you pray for me? And I said, yes, I will pray for you. And so every week, I got my friend who was, would interpret. Uh, she would get on the phone. We'd get separate phones and speak to this woman. I prayed with her, a letter to the Lord. Uh, she was unchurched, letter to the Lord. Uh, she got baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, led her through some deliverance, and every single week prayed with her for healing. And after a few months went by, uh, one Saturday when I was praying with her on the phone, I uh, had a vision, and I saw her back, her spine, and it looked like molten lava was running down her spine. Uh, so I just prayed what I saw. I said, Lord God, let your fire fall on her back and just dissolve all the cancer and heal her. And she started screaming and yelling uh, in German, fire, fire. But I didn't know what she was saying. The interpreter told me what she was saying, and she was running all through her house, opening all her windows that she was so on fire, so hot. She's just opening the windows in her house, and she was uh, uh, really afraid, terrified what was happening to her. So I explained to her that this was the fire of God, that God had sent healing to her, that sometimes it, that his healing appears like fire, and that he, he was healing her of the cancer. So she went to the doctors the following week, and the doctor did tests on her, and the same doctor that told her that to come back, when her lungs filled up with fluid, he couldn't do anything else to help her, but he would drain the lung, her lungs of fluid, told her she was completely free of cancer. Amen. Wow. God didn't just heal her. 
She had a very bad relationship with her father. God healed her relationship with her father, and he restored her relationship with the the father of her four-year-old boy. Wow. All over the phone. Over the telephone. <laughs> Living in Rhode Island, and this lady was in Austria. There's no distance in prayer or the glory. <laughs> Before we have you pray, I, I want you to mention one more thing because it's so, it's so neat. Is, is about six years ago, you had an encounter with the Lord, uh, and there was a special angel assigned to work with you. Talk about that. Yes. Um, uh, one day I was in deep prayer, and I was having an encounter with the Lord, and he told me, he said, I'm assigning to you an angel, and the angel's name is the angel of his presence. And so he said, wherever you go, wherever you minister, this angel is going to manifest my presence. And so um, I said, gee whiz, you know, I was kind of in awe. And I went through scripture to see if this was even in the scripture. And I found that that angel of his presence is the name of the angel that led Moses through the desert. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so from then on, whenever I minister, this was years ago, whether it's at the detention facility, at our church, a home service, on the phone to people, the presence of God manifests powerfully. Mm. Let, why don't you go ahead and pray right now for all the people that are listening? All right, I will. I, I, I want to pray for those um, that uh, are sometimes are tormented with feeling that they're not saved, uh, that they've committed the unpardonable sin, uh, that... Um, uh, they're going to go to hell. And the, the Lord was speaking to me about this today, uh, that he wanted to make sure that anybody that's being tormented like that needs to know that God does not want anybody to go to hell. And he is not looking for every little flaw and fault that we commit to get the opportunity to take us to hell. And that's just a, a lie of the enemy. Our God is merciful and compassionate. Our God is the God who sent his son to the earth to die on the cross to save us from our sins so that we could go to heaven for eternity. That if we make a, if we sin, if we uh, gossip, if we lose our temper, uh, if we swear, just quickly run to him and, re- and apologize, tell him you're sorry, and receive his forgiveness and move on. So, Lord, I pray for those, Lord God, that are afraid that they are not forgiven, afraid that uh, you are angry with them. I pray, Lord, that you show them that as soon as they repent, you quickly forgive them, that you are here to offer mercy, grace, and love, that you have wonderful treasures stored up for them in heaven, but also awesome treasures do you want to send to their earth? Do you want to bless them? Do you want to give them a full, happy life, Lord God, full of peace, full of joy, full of love? I pray, Lord God, for those that are depressed, discouraged, despondent, that you lift that chain off them. You set them free right now. As I'm praying, I command all depression, all discouragement to loose your God's children now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that as people get close to you, they fall so in love with you that you make it easy for them to follow you all the days of their life, that they too have encounters with you, that they too feel your love and hear your words spoken to them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest Donna Rigney. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. The Lord brought Donna Rigney to heaven 
and to hell over several months and directed her to write everything down that she saw, heard, and felt during these amazing encounters in her book, Heaven Revealed, Hell Exposed. With Jesus by her side guiding her, the impacting encounters and recorded revelations are filled with deep spiritual revelation. In her brand new exclusive three CD set, Three Secrets to Receiving Heaven's Best, Donna teaches how God wants to release treasures to his children that are ready to be released when you meet these three biblical requirements. When we embrace these three keys, God's angels will be kept busy day and night bringing heaven's best from heaven to earth. Additionally, Donna, a proven prophet, recorded an exclusive bonus CD, Prophetic Visions for the Future, that contain prophetic words from heaven that God is about ready to release. To order, call 1-800-447-447. 2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Donna Rigney's brand new book, Heaven Revealed, Hell Exposed, exclusive three CD set, three secrets to receiving heaven's best now, and bonus CD, Prophetic Visions for the Future, Offer number 9667 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9667. Once again, that's offer number 9667.